the BTS the Chartered Institute for IT. Uh, this is the Gem of All Mechanisms podcast. My name is Brian Huntsman. I'm speaking to all the authors or co-authors of the new BCS Women in Tech book. Uh, so today it's a real privilege to speak to Sharon Moore. Uh, welcome, Sharon. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Well, um, I'd like to start off just talking to you about your background. If you can just give us a little bit of an idea of your sort of career today, your areas of interest, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, so. Um, uh, for some, some will say I've been there too long, but I've essentially had a career at IBM, did a degree in software engineering, um, probably quite a traditional route for, from some people's perspective, and uh, went into to IBM largely because I went to careers fair and they talked to me, told me about how much I could keep learning and that was really important to me. So um, I moved into to IBM and worked in different parts of our business, so worked in our outsourcing business keeping things running, um, not liking change very much um, and the impact it can have when you're keeping things running. Uh, moved into our consulting business, uh, building new things um, and, and integrating them with older things and or more legacy things. Um, and uh, then moved into sales, still as a technologist, um, a number of years ago now. Um, I, yeah, I've got, I had a career as an architect, uh, as a technical architect, but not one for buildings. And um, uh, yeah, just love the idea that that technology can really has a place for making the world better. Lovely. Now, what attracted you to this book particularly, can I ask? I think uh, lots of different things, but one of the key things was I'm getting tired of telling people the same things. And I thought uh -huh. maybe if we wrote it down as, as a book, then actually it's got a chance to 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 go further and, and say for it more and it doesn't depend on on just a handful of individuals, but actually it can be put in the hands of many individuals so that, nice. that more people can hear the story. So yeah, it, it was about that and, and something that would be really useful as well. Um, so not just the same old, here's the statistics and, and isn't that a frustrating situation, but actually what could people do about it? Because that's the bit that's most interesting. So um, yeah, let's, let's amplify some of the messages. I, you know, I find that quite an interesting answer that you, you sort of got bored about saying the same things over and over again. So you, you clearly face some of the issues for quite some time. Yeah, I've actually just spent the last couple of days with a, um, with policing in the UK. Uh, there's their diversity and um, inclusion conference. And yeah, one of the things I said there was actually it, it took a man to point out to me that I was a woman in tech because I hadn't really noticed because it was before I'd really thought about these things. But it was a long time ago when I do find myself saying the same things over and over. Um, and, and, and still in a situation where I have to convince people or some people anyway, that there is a challenge and that it's important that we do something about it, whether that's actually gender or, or other types of, of characteristic. So yes, it's, it's there's been a few years of, of trying to repeat the messages and, and get them out there. Interesting. I, several other people I've already spoken to uh, have talked about being the only female uh, at a particular event and that's what brought it home to them. Is that a similar experience from you in the past has it changed over the years um it has definitely been a, a similar experience yes i've i have been the only woman in the room on many occasions mm. in some places that's getting better what i really love about where i work right now um, and i don't think it's purely by coincidence um I, and, and knowing the the people that have helped construct the team but i work in a team that has a really good gender balance and right. it's great because we do bring lots of 
different perspectives obviously again there's more than gender as a characteristic but we do do bring lots of, of perspectives but yes I have been one of those people that was the only woman in the room and also something that I used to be really proud of was I used to get called and well we still do but certainly used to get called being one of the guys because I liked tech and I do like tech and I liked Formula One and rugby and golf and, and not necessarily playing but watching and Things that are maybe more typically male dominated, although what's lovely, what's really lovely is there's so much more now in terms of media devoted to um, women playing in these sports and, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I used to be one of told I was one of the guys because I could communicate with one of the guys. They understood me a bit and I thought it was a really good thing. And it was nice in a way to fit in because belonging is really important. And so I felt really included and that is really important. But I hadn't realised that the bits that made me different were actually also really good. Um, mm. So now that I understand that, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm wonderful. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> but I think everyone being individual is a good thing and bring, bringing their own their own experiences and their own passions is, is, is really useful and really beneficial for us all. So, um, yeah, that's the impression you're saying that maybe in retrospect you think being called one of the guys wasn't quite what you hoped it would have been yeah I mean it was it was meant in a positive way and obviously I, mm. I received it in a very positive way as well but now with more insight with more knowledge about the subject um mm. it's it is a shame that we don't think about those other things that make you different and think actually you might not be one of the guys but that doesn't mean that you don't bring something that is unique that is valuable to a technical solution or to a problem or to an answer so yeah absolutely interesting now well, we don't want to give away the bottom of the book because one people to buy it but um can you tell us a bit the bits that you're particularly involved in sharon and maybe the, i suppose the bits that, that captured your imagination in the book itself yeah so i a uh, number of things that i was really interested in so i ended up drafting the chapter on retention because um, we can do great things to try and improve diversity in our organizations and uh, whatever those may be and if we haven't thought about how we're going to retain that talent then then it will disappear because if an organization doesn't feel inclusive then people will not stay uh, mm -hmm. some some will some will but by and large pe people will not stay though those numbers will go so we have to think about what we can do to make an organization inclusive so back to the one of the guys and you know feeling like i belonged which was really important to me actually it is really important that we that we belong um and so what i i wanted to to do um to share some of my thoughts, some of my experiences, and a huge amount of research that we did as part of that with, with folks about, about retention. I also helped on the unconscious bias side of things because I think that's a term that's getting slightly, actually almost out of fashion because some people have had some negative experiences um, thinking that unconscious bias is solved in you know a one-day workshop um, or because we know that everyone has biases that it's okay to have them um, which is just not the case so I think it's really important that we continue that narrative so um, I helped Gillian with um, some of the, the content on unconscious bias. Yeah is there a little bit of a tech attitude sort of being displayed there Sharon that uh, you know we've got a problem and this is a solution we press that button and now we'll move on. <laughs> 
Yeah, totally. That yes. Um, and, and unfortunately, it's just something we've got to keep working at. Um, that those biases, we all have them. Um, some, a lot of them, they come because they're a way that naturally we have found to protect ourselves. But a lot of them are not, not relevant anymore um, either. Or we have just because um, a, a group of people might exhibit certain characteristics, we must must check ourselves whether we're assuming that everyone that's in that group has those characteristics or not and we don't judge them against them um as well so yeah um, unfortunately it is not one of those things where you can uh, you can just throw a throw a bit of education at it and, it and suddenly it's all fixed overnight and it's a really interesting subject as well so i really encourage people to to learn about it and understand great that's a good comment thank you so I'm, I'm asking everyone this unvarnished question, so be as brutally honest as you feel you want to be. On the need to get male buy-in, tell us straight, what should men be doing? Read the book. <laughs> Read the book. Um, uh, educate themselves, really educate themselves. Um, everyone needs to do it, right? And, and you know, if we start to think about other um, protected characteristics you know I as a white person really have a responsibility to educate myself much more about people of color and black people in particular recently but what are, are people of color experiencing that I've got privilege I haven't realized and I haven't seen so so similarly we absolutely need men to to educate themselves I think that's the most important thing and you know what for those who don't think there's a problem they still need to accept it just accept it Stop questioning it. <laughs> Maybe question why it's there, absolutely, but don't question if if there is a challenge. So um, accept it, educate, and uh, get uncomfortable. I'm afraid I'm not listing this to one thing um, for you, Brian, but oh, get, a, get uncomfortable. We just, uh, we need to be, un be uncomfortable so that we yes. can change, because um, change and comfort don't coexist, whoever it was that said that phrase. It's really true. Um, yeah. and, and I'm afraid we do need to have some uncomfortable conversations. I think what I like this, Sharon, is you gave me two answers there, that one thing we can do is read more, and if we don't think there's a problem, we need to read even more than that. <laughs> okay. <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sum it up in that way somehow. Now, uh, the last thing I'd like to ask you, and thanks for taking the time to speak to us this afternoon, this is one of my favourite questions I'd like to ask all of my uh, podcast interviews, which is, who are the inspirational figures for you? Now, it could be in computing, it could be in this sort of gender um, area. Um, who are your inspirations? Oh, um, so we don't have time to discuss them all. Um, so <laughs> I won't, I won't uh, subject you to that. Um, do you know what? Um, she's not going to appreciate me saying this, although I hope that she actually will appreciate me saying this. Um, so Gillian, Gillian Arnold, who this, this book was her idea in general, Gillian has been such an inspiration for me in terms of not challenging, uh, sorry, challenging those who think we um, uh, should stay, keep things the same. She's a great, um, a great advocate for women, a great upstander. Um, before we thought about upstanding and what that actually meant and 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 very happy to challenge the status quo whatever that is so Gillian absolutely completely a huge inspiration brilliant with people as well um, so so yes she, she is one of them absolutely is one of them um, there is a a, a fellow of the BCS who actually was a fellow at IBM um, for a, a while uh, Chris Winter Chris uh, I can't remember the first time I met him. Actually, no, I do. I do. I was on a course. I was on a course. Um, and uh, I met Chris on this course uh, back when I was a graduate. 
and uh, just a few things he said um, made me think. So I ended up inspired inspired by him doing a number of things. Um, I didn't realise at the time he was a sponsor for me. He was being sponsored behind the scenes, and just things were happening. And it turned out it was Chris. But I think again his ability to um, stand back, understand a problem, articulate himself incredibly well, and um, so important. I tend to think I'm the sort of person who just, my, I open my mouth and just things, fall, you know, come rush out. Um, and so people like Chris who come across very well, I definitely get inspired by and, and I feel envious of as well. So um, that's probably a couple. Can I throw in my mum as well? My mum's had um, an illness for a very, very, very long time. She's been housebound. My dad died when I was very young. And um, so she had to be mum and dad and, and that kind of thing. But again, that challenging the system thing so when I was at school the subject I wanted to do the timetable that had been proposed wouldn't permit it so she went down and said look can you change your timetable because Sharon can't do the subjects that she needs to do and they did change it now there was no guarantee that they would have but they actually did and again that that challenging the system thing is really important Actually, what the, going back to Chris, one of the things that he said to me, and I know it wasn't Chris who originally said it, it might have been Grace Hopper, but that thing about um, not asking for permission, but asking for forgiveness, that I have, I have taken that lesson with me and I've repeated that to other folks on a number of occasions as well. So there's a bit of a theme there around about challenging and, and, and not just mm. putting up with how things are. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there is a long, long list and um, I've probably missed out far too many people, but those three really strike. That's a nice little balance three, uh, uh, Sharon, I think we really appreciate that. Uh, finally, are you optimistic about the, the way things are moving? We know that the numbers uh, on women rights have been static for quite some time, but I just wonder what your experience is. Obviously you've been in IBM a long time, I think they've been involved with this sort of stuff anyway, but are you seeing uh, more of a variety when you go out to conferences and things like that? Is it starting to move in the right direction for you? It is moving in the right direction, not quickly enough. I wonder, so women have obviously been working at this for quite a while. Um, it tends to be that if, if um, it, it falls to the minority to make the difference, um, unfortunately, as we all know, that if you leave it, the minority do it, not enough effort, because actually there's a majority that could be putting effort into it as well. So um, I, I hate to think of how poor the numbers could be if women hadn't been really working at this for, for a number of years. So, um, but I think it is going in the right direction slowly. It needs to go faster. It needs to go a lot faster. Um, as comes back to needing to get men involved, um, largely men have the power. Um, by that, I mean that their voices tend to get heard by other men very often more than women's voices will be heard. Um, mm. I don't mean that men should be doing things for us, but absolutely doing things with us. We need male allies to, um, to amplify, to be upstanders, to question what's going wrong, to challenge what's going wrong when people behave in a way that's not helpful. So um, going in the right direction, but it needs to go a lot faster. Um, so I feel optimistic about it, um, but I, I would like to see a quicker change. Um, that's lovely. Uh, Sharon, can I say thank you so much for speaking to us uh, on, on the podcast today? Thank you very much for having me. Such a pleasure.